Daniel has a vision that is so terrifying, he doesn't understand what it means. The vision of the four beasts of Daniel chapter seven begins today here on the Last Things Podcast. It's your boy Damien coming to you once again with another episode of the Last Things Podcast, where we are on a journey to truth. It is indeed an honor and a privilege to come before you once again as we discuss the Word of God. How is everybody doing on today? Thank you guys so much for tuning in to tuning in to this week's episode, man. I greatly appreciate it. I say this all the time, and I truly mean it. This podcast will be nothing if it's not for you guys' support. So thank you guys so much. From the bottom of my heart, I greatly appreciate it, man. We've been doing this for over a year. I remember sometimes I go back and look at my old look at the old episodes and I uh, go back to the old episodes from where we started from to where we are right now. And I realize it is nothing but you guys support. And I want to thank you guys so much for your continued support, because as as I just said, and I say it all the time. This podcast would not be anything if it's not for you guys supporting me. I greatly appreciate you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you guys so much. It really means a lot to me. Last week, we covered, we finished up with Daniel chapter six, the lion's den. Everybody knows that story of Daniel. We saw where um, the wise man, I guess you could say at that time, uh, Darius is now was now the uh, king of Babylon, king of Babylon, and uh, the wise men wanted to get rid of Daniel because they were jealous of where uh, Darius had p- promoted Daniel. So what did they do? They came up with a plan to get him in trouble by using his religion against him, using the fact that they told the king, hey, you need to make a law where if uh, anybody prays to anybody else other than you, they'll be thrown into the lion's den. And they already knew Daniel prayed to God every day, three times a day. So they, uh, after the king signed it, they found Daniel praying as he, they knew they would find him, went back to the king and told the king and pretty much set the king up, telling him, hey, you sign this in the law, it has to be done. So the king had no choice but to throw Daniel to the lion's den. We saw that the king, Darius, was very concerned about Daniel. He knew Daniel was innocent. He knew he was innocent and he did not deserve this. So he told Daniel, hey, only in I'm paraphrasing it. Only your God can save you. I hope that he does. So we we saw a scripture where Darius had trouble sleeping the night before. He couldn't sleep. He was worried. He even turned down all of his evening entertainment because he was so worried about Daniel. That next morning, the Bible says he got up and ran to where Daniel was thrown into the lion's den. And he said, Daniel, did your God save you? Or are you still alive? I'm paraphrasing it. 
And in essence, Daniel said, yeah, my God saved me. He closed the mouths of the lions. I was fine. So he came out. Darius told him, get him out of there. And what did Darius do? The pe All the people who were trying to uh, kill Daniel, Darius had them thrown into the lion's den along with their families. And what happened? The Bible says soon as they were thrown in, the lions jumped and tore, ripped them apart, tore them limb from limb. And that's where uh the and that is everybody knows that's one of the uh greatest stories of faith in the Bible where hey you could be you could be in the lion's den but God is there with you and He'll make sure nothing happens to you so whatever situation that you have in your life that's going on right now it looks like your back is against the wall you got your enemies behind you the enemies are surrounded and you think you're in this battle all by yourself. No, you're not. God is there with you every step of the way. They can't do anything to you unless God ordains it. So let that encourage you, man. So don't let that encourage you for those of you who got stuff going on and you just don't know how you're going to make it. You're going to make it because God's going to keep your enemies still, just like he did with Daniel. He's going to keep your enemies quiet. They're not going to bother you. They're not going to jump. They're not going to do nothing that God has not ordained. If God didn't ordain it, they can't do nothing. So you have nothing to worry about. So that's where we are where Daniel says the end. That was pretty much Daniel chapter six. And now we are here at Daniel chapter seven. I told you guys, Daniel chapter one through six is pretty much historical. And Daniel seven through 12 is prophetic. And we're here at Daniel seven. This is where everything begins to kind of take shape as it comes to end time prophecy in the Bible. Chapter seven is one of the most talked about chapters when it comes to the Bible, when it comes to people who study end time prophecy. Daniel chapter seven is one of the most talked about of of uh, of the Bible, Daniel seven. And it's very divisive because you have some people who believe one thing and then you got some people who believe something else. So it's very divisive. We really don't. Everyone pretty much is not really. Not I'm not going to say not really sure, but there's a lot of confusion when it comes to Daniel chapter seven. So what I'm going to do in this ep in this week's episode I'm going to give you the information and then what I'm going to do when we finish this episode, I'm going to go back and give you the other part of the information as far as I'm going to give you two sides. I'm going to give you two sides to the story. I'm going to give you one side. I'm going to give you the other side. And it's going to be your opinion. It's going to be up to you to decide which one you believe. OK, I'm going to give you that. It's really your opinion as far as what you believe. I'm going to give you the scriptures. I'm going to give you what. People set, put what people say and give your scriptures to back up what they say. And it's going to be up to you to make your own decision as far as what you believe, because there's really no right. There's really no wrong. Well, there's no right answer, but there's no wrong answer either. We really people really don't know. You know, people are very divided when it comes to Daniel chapter seven. OK, so it's going to be up to you to decide what you believe when this uh when this episode is over. OK, so. As I said, we're here at Daniel chapter seven. The first thing I want to do, and I didn't do this with Daniel chapter two. I, I guess it worked out good because it really fits into where we are now. Okay, 
the first thing that we're going to discuss is what are the times of the Gentiles? Okay, because this is what Daniel chapter two and Daniel chapter seven really are dealing with the times of the Gentiles. Okay, what is a Gentile? A Gentile is somebody that is not of Jewish Jewish descent. That's it. Somebody that's not Jewish descent. Okay, so. I, I got a scripture right here, Luke 21, 24. You can go back and read in your study time, okay? But this is what this is what it says. This is what Jesus said in Luke 21, 24. He sa it says, they will fall by the edge of their sword and be led captive among all nations, and Jerusalem will be trampled underfoot by the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled, okay? That's what Jesus said. So what is the times of the Gentiles? The times of the Gentiles are pretty much the Gentiles, the times that the Gentiles are dominating the world. That's the times of the Gentiles. The times of the Gentiles are the times that the Gentiles dominate the world. The world is under really Gentile control, okay? It started with Babylon. Babylon is what started the Gentile domin the, the uh, times of the Gentiles and the times of the Gentiles will not end until Jesus returns to earth. So we are living in the times of the Gentiles. OK, now I want I want to bring this up. The times of the Gentiles. Now, there's another phrase in Romans 1125 that talks about the fullness of the Gentiles. OK. Those are two different things. The times of the Gentiles is the Gentiles being in control. Okay. The fullness of the Gentiles is a certain is the number of Gentiles. Okay. The Bible, it, it talks about how there's a certain number of Gentiles that are meant to be saved. There's a certain number when that number is pretty much up. That is the time that is when the fullness of the Gentiles ends. When the last Gentile gives their life to the Lord, that's when the times of that's when the fullness of the Gentiles comes to an end. The fullness is just the num the the number of Gentiles who are going to give their lives to the Lord. That's crazy, ain't it? That God God knows who's going to give their lives to him before they're even born. That's why he told, that's why he told Jeremiah, before you form your mother's womb, I knew you and I knew the plans I had for you. God knows who's going to see. People think God sends people to hell. No, he doesn't. People send themselves to hell. God knows who's already knows who's going to give their life to him and who's not going to give their life to him. He already knows. God knows everything. As I said, I, the book of Isaiah says how God, how we do things from beginning to end. God doesn't work that way. God works from the end to the beginning. So situations that you have coming up in your life, you wondering how you wondering how, how, you're wondering how you're going to get out of it, what you're going to do. But God has already made a way for you. All you're doing is walking out the process. God has already made a way out for you. You're just walking it out. But God is already so soon. So soon as you go into it, God has already made a way out on the other side. All you have to do is walk through and do as the Bible says, endure hardness as a good soldier. That's your job. OK, that's your job. But that's but that's where we are now. That's where we are now in society. We are in the times of the Gentiles where the world is under Gentile control. 
That that's where we are. And it started with Babylon when Moses conquered when Mo Moses what made me say that oh my god when Nebuchadnezzar conquered Judah and um conquered Judah that's when the times of the Gentiles started it started then and it will end when Jesus returns okay that is very key because knowing that is going to help us understand some elements of Daniel chapter 7 okay so we needed to know that the times of the Gentiles, that's the times that we're in. That's the time of the world being under Gentile domination, gen Gentile control. And as I said, it will end when Jesus returns. OK, so now that we know what that is, let's jump into this thing. OK, we're going to start with Daniel. Chapter, we're going to Daniel chapter seven. And we're going to start with verse one. Now, I want to tell you guys right now, we're going to do a lot of bouncing around in scripture today okay we're gonna go with we're gonna we're gonna of course read daniel chapter seven but we're gonna have to go back to daniel chapter two and we're gonna have to go to the book of revelation we're gonna go to revelation chapter 13 and revelation chapter 17 okay so we're gonna do a lot of back and forth between those particular things and we got some other scriptures as well but those main ones of Daniel 2, Daniel 7, Revelation 13, and Revelation 17. Those are the four that we're going to primarily be using today. Okay. All right. So let's get started. All right. We are going with Daniel chapter 7, and we're starting with verse number one. Okay. Earlier, the earlier during the first year of King Belshazzar's reign in Babylon. Okay. Um, Daniel had a dream and saw visions as he lay in his bed. He wrote down the dream and this is what he saw. Okay, let's 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 deal with verse one. Notice what it says. This is during the first year of who? King Belshazzar's reign. All right. So what do we know? This takes place between Daniel chapter after Daniel chapter four. But before Daniel chapter five, remember, Daniel chapter five is the writing on the wall. What happened in Daniel chapter five? King Belshazzar was killed. Right. We know that at the end of Daniel chapter five. All right. So Daniel chapter seven takes place. Be after it takes place after Daniel chapter four, but before Daniel chapter five. OK, so what is that? Remember, I tell you, Daniel is written out of chronological order. So you go one through four. And then seven through eight, and then five through six, and then nine through 12. Now, some people will go five, nine, six, and then 10 through 12. But I believe it's five, it's one, it's chapters one through four, chapter seven and eight, then five and six, and then nine through 12. Okay. So this takes place after chapter four, but before chapter five. Okay. Now notice what else it said. Daniel had a what? He had a dream and he saw visions while he lay in his bed. And what he do? He wrote down the dream and this is what he saw. For those of you who have dreams and they are crazy dreams that you can't make sense of, do what Daniel did. Write your dream down and pray and ask God if it has a meaning because God speaks through dreams. Just as he's showing Daniel, 
He could do you the same way. You could have a dream that God is trying to show you something. You might see one thing and you think it's one thing, but God is really using it to symbolize something else as we're going to see and as we're going to see later on. So for those of you who have these dreams and you can't figure out what's going on with that dream, write it down and pray and ask God what it means. And he is faithful and just. That's why the Bible says, if you lack wisdom, ask for it and he'll give it to you. So if you have something like that going on, do as Daniel did, write it down and pray and ask God what it means. And I promise you, he's going to give you your answer. Amen. Amen. All right. So let's do this. Let's go. Verse two. In my vision that night, I, Daniel, saw a great storm churning the surface of the great sea with strong winds blowing from every direction. Okay, now I'm going to stop right here where it says strong winds. There are some scholars that believe that those are not winds. Those are spirits that that Daniel seen. Okay, and where it says the surface of the great sea, that sea that, that Daniel's talking about is the Mediterranean Sea because of the location of where he is, okay? So that's the Mediterranean Sea. And when it says strong winds from every direction, a lot of scholars believe that's those are spirits that Daniel is seeing. They believe that those are spirits, all right? Now, let's, let's go with verse three. Then four huge beasts come up out of the water, each different from the others. We see that, right? He says four beasts just showed up. And each of them are different. They're not the same. Each of them are different. One is different. Every one of them is different. Okay. Now let's go with verse four. The first beast was like a lion with eagle's wings. As I watched, its wings were pulled off and it was left standing with two hind feet on the ground like a human being. And it was given a human mind. You see that? So let's look at this first beast. He said it was like a lion. It wasn't a lion. It looked like a lion with eagle's wings. So you got a lion with eagle's wings on it, okay? As I watched, its wings were pulled off. Daniel said the wings of the lion were pulled off, and it was left how? Standing with its two hind feet on the ground like a human being. So it's a lion that has wings, and the wings were pulled off, and it was left standing up on its two feet like a human. And it was given a human mind. So what could all of this mean? All right? So let's do this. Let's read through it, and then we're going to, as the answer comes, because Daniel's going to get an answer to everything. Okay. So let's do this. Let's read through, let's read through the descriptions of the beast. And what we'll do is when we get the answer for, as far as what the, what they are, we'll come back and really delve into it. Okay. So that's the first beast. Let's go to verse five. Then I saw a second beast and it looked like a bear. It was rearing up on one side and it had three ribs in its mouth between its teeth. And I heard a voice saying to it, get up, devour the flesh of many people. All right. That's the second beast. He said it looked like a bear. It wasn't a bear. It looked like a bear. And he said it was rearing up from one side and it had three, three ribs in its mouth between its teeth. And he heard a voice saying to it, get up, devour the flesh of many people. Who was the voice? We don't know. All we know is Daniel heard a voice. Okay. 
Now, let's go to verse six. Then the third of these strange beasts appeared, and it looked like a leopard. It had four birds' wings on its back, and it had four heads. Great authority was given to this beast. All right? And the third one appeared. Daniel said it looked like a leopard. It's not a leopard, but it looked like a leopard. It had four birds' wings on its back, and it had four heads. And look at what else he said. Great authority was given to this beast, okay? All right, so those are the first three. Now we're going to get very interesting, okay? Verse 7, then in my vision that night, I saw a fourth beast, terrifying, dreadful, and very strong. It devoured and crushed its victims with huge iron teeth and trampled their remains beneath its feet. It was different from any of the other beasts, and it had 10 horns. That should be very key for some of you who've been riding with me from the beginning, okay? But we're going to keep going, okay? Let's keep going. Let's keep going. We're going to come back to the meat. We're going to get to the meaning of it. At some, we're going to get to the meaning of all of this later on because I want. I don't want to start telling you and then we get to what we, uh, we get to where it's going to get explained, okay? So we're going to come back to it. All right, now, verse 8. As I was looking at the horns, suddenly another small horn appeared among them. Okay, so Daniel says he sees 10 horns. And then afterwards, another horn shows up among the 10. So Daniel sees technically 11 horns. Three of the first horns were, turn, were torn out by the roots to make room for it. All right. What do you see? Daniel said he saw 10 horns. And then after the and then after the ten horns, another little horn showed up and the little horn ripped. And after the little horn showed up, there's 11 horns. Right. So after the little horn showed up, three of the first horns were torn out to make room for the 11th horn. So you got 10 horns already. Then you got one small horn. You got the little horn. That's 11 horns. Then you take out three. Now you got eight horns and the three were ripped, were torn out to make room for the 11th horn. Excuse me. All right, let's keep going. This little horn had eyes like human eyes and a mouth that was boastly that was boasting arrogantly. You see that? He said this little horn had eyes like human, like human eyes. And a mouth that was that was boasting arrogantly, meaning this one was running his mouth a lot. OK, so we're going to come as, and let's keep going. Verse nine. I watched the as the thrones were put in place and the ancient one sat down to judge. His clothing was white, was as white as snow. His hair like purest wool. He sat on a fairy throne with wheels of blazing fire and a river of fire was pouring out, flowing from his presence. Millions of angels ministered to him. Many millions stood to attend him. Then the court began its session and the books were opened. Ooh, man. Man. Verse nine. Ooh, man. Let, let's, let's keep going, okay? Let's keep going. Let's keep going. 
Verse 11, I continue to watch because I could hear the little horn's boastful speech. I kept watching until the fourth beast was killed and its body was destroyed by fire. Okay, so Daniel says he as he continued to watch all this. He could hear that little horn still running his mouth. And, it, and, and he kept watching until what happened? The fourth, the fourth beast was killed and its body was destroyed by fire. Okay. Verse 12, the other three beasts had their authority taken from them, but they were allowed to live a while longer. Very interesting. Let's keep going. As my vision continued that night, I saw someone like a son of man coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the ancient one and was led into his presence. Verse 14, he was given authority, honor, and sovereignty over all the nations of the world so that people of every race and nation and language would obey him. His rule is eternal. It will never end. His kingdom will never be destroyed. All right. So that is verses 1 through 14. I'm doing it like this because... As we're getting ready to read, this is all some of this is getting ready to be interpreted for us. OK. Hey guys, thanks for tuning into this week's episode. Join us here next week as we continue our discussion into the four beasts of Daniel chapter seven here on the last things podcast. Love you guys. Be blessed.